welcome everybody to Gameology, episode 42. We're talking about movement mechanics in games, traversal. I'm Matthew Falvey, one of your permanent hosts, and I'm joined as always by... Attila, Gabriel Brinisky. Attila, you wanted to bring this subject up because you saw all the cool tricks that were happening in Mario Odyssey. Mario not yeah. only jumping on his hat, but putting his hat on just about anything and running around like a T-Rex. And um, like many of the things you bring up, I don't often know what I think about it until I start researching it a bit and getting into it. And I thought movement is a very, it's, it's obviously important because almost every game features some kind of movement, but movement has also evolved quite a bit. Uh, and I saw a great idea where people were talking about the, the gradual reduction of player controlled movement as we get into more animation movement mm-hmm. and the way they've sort of streamlined the process. Um, but yeah, what are your opening thoughts on the subject? So yeah, the, we are um, recording these episodes way in advance because the summer is super busy for me. So that's why we're talking about E3 stuff, even though this episode's coming out like uh, July or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, the, the Mario Odyssey footage is brand fresh in my mind. And when I saw uh, all the um, effort they put into Mario's movements uh, and just like the variety of movements they were giving him, uh, the the different means of like how he, with the addition of the capture mechanic he can like jump into a um, like safety post and then bend it back like a spring and launch himself like all these mechanics to just to help people get around the level and get up and over and cross distances in short amounts of time like it just really underscored for me the fact that like this is a game where never mind um, chasing down your objective, just navigating the space is going to mm-hmm. be fun because they've given you all these different means of getting around. So that's why I had the idea of talking about traversal as an actual topic in the podcast. Yeah, and some of my best memories from from video games that feel great are when those movement mechanics combo well together and when it feels great to move around. If we look at, I've said many times before, one of the strengths of the Mario franchise every game is that it feels great to move around and how great was mario 64 when it introduced the triple jump now just making your way forward became a little bit of a game because a triple jump was never guaranteed you had to nail the timing of it just like the um the 180 jumping backflip was was not guaranteed but was very rewarding when you could do it if you look at some games uh that have come out in the recent years in the modern age of gaming just cause and Batman Arkham both use this similar mechanic of a grappling hook and some sort of gliding mechanic. Whereas in Arkham, you're using the grappling hook to latch onto just about anything. It propels you upwards, and then you can use that extra gust of momentum to glide with. And you're creating... It's not just giving you infinite flight. It's putting the emphasis on the player to use a little bit of skill. It's not super difficult, but it gives you something to do that's rewarding and challenging and also gives you the freedom to come up with um, different angles of approach and just uh, have that sort of creativity and, and expression. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it's, it's ultimately about increasing immersion in the game because I think one of the things that I really liked was in the Mario series when they introduced uh, the sort of like wall slide, wall kick mechanic. Sure. Just... Um, like it, it had appeared in a Mega Man game like well before that, but just the idea that bottomless pits are no longer lethal to Mario, mm. that just with a little um, quick thinking and action input on the player's part, it's not automatically saving you th- from these things, but just now you are able to 
like save yourself from death. And it, it just it's something else that gets you engaged in the game. You're not just pressing the A button once and watching your jump arc take place. Maybe you still have your left-right input, but now you can use that to avoid uh, losing your progress by dying. Um, you have the extra sort of movement that you see, like, like when you combo stuff together, you can do your long jumps. Mm. Um, as you mentioned, like the triple jump, like timing your, like when you press the button, so you jump higher and higher. Uh, like these are all things that, you know, we, we took a break from talking about Mario to talk more about Mario, but um, by nature of the game being a platformer, there's so many of these um, movement mechanics that are at the forefront of the experience. You just don't really see as much impetus for having such a variety of movement controls in uh, like an RPG sort of game. Uh, sure. You don't see um, grappling hooks in Dark Souls. It just wouldn't make sense, although you know, I leave it to FromSoft to come up with something insane where that totally works. But yeah, uh, yeah the, even just the idea of like modern stuff like ledge grab, like watching your character um, face plant up against a ledge or like half their torso is above the gr- ledge but because their feet didn't land directly on it they just fall right past it mm-hmm. that feels frustrating because even if it's not realistic to be able to um like catch onto a ledge like your entire body weight's going to pull down on you and it's an incredibly difficult thing to do but you want your video game character to be able to do that you want it to be like close enough you know and if mm-hmm. the if the developers want to maintain the level of challenge they just need to space the platforms a little further apart, but then you get that feeling of, oh, you know, your character's just about to not make it, and then they grab the ledge and they yank themselves right. up and it's fine. So just adding those little extra things makes the game feel a little more responsive, makes the game feel a little less frustrating, because uh, then if you miss the ledge, you clearly miss the ledge. It's not like, oh, but I was so close, why didn't he just grab it and pull himself up? I feel like the the more games kind of include these uh, extra affordances um, the more games are going to have to include them because mm-hmm. the ones that don't include them are just going to come across as like unnecessarily punishing by, def- by uh, comparison. Yeah, I think it becomes um, sort of a tricky game and a bit of a slippery slope in that um, I watched a great video where they were comparing the Tomb Raider from the PlayStation 1 to the mm-hmm. Tomb Raider now. And, and in Tomb Raider 1, you would line up a jump. You didn't have any in-air control. You would have to run and, and press the jump button right at that right moment, maybe even a little bit before you normally would because the animations were a bit clunkier back then. And then while you were in the air, you had to press the grab button at the at the right time. Otherwise, you would die. And this this is a lot more challenging, but playing through the Uncharted series, which uh, you know maybe 50% of the game is jumping from ledge to ledge, it looks good. If somebody was watching it, they would probably enjoy it, especially a non-gamer. But as a player, it becomes very boring because there is no challenge. You are just trying to find the preordained path. Timing is not necessary. And it's just automatically going to keep going. And you end up, I just most of the time I feel like I'm gradu- just blindly kind of picking a path and then just hammering the jump button over and over again. And I don't think it needs to be that bland. Like you said... You you can automate these things, like a ledge grab. That doesn't need to be uh, timed. Or, uh, okay, for an example, uh, Breath of the Wild introduces a stamina mechanic, and that, that gamifies it in some way. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could time the uh, the ledge grabs. I mean, that might be a lot more fun, and it's... 
I guess you're walking that line of what's frustrating and you don't want players to fail and feel like it wasn't their fault or that it's just not fun and finding that fun is difficult. But I just think that we've in some games have gone too far the other way where you're taking out a lot of the game and you just feel like you're taking a dog for a walk rather than actually scaling a mountain. Right. Well, you know, ultimately it comes down to a lot about um, what is that game's uh, perception of its core audience. Mm. Like in Uncharted, they want to present you with a really cinematic experience. Um, They don't want to leave it down to a whole bunch of minute button presses because it's difficult to gamify something that's supposed to look fluid. Right. Um, Because then you'd have to have almost frame-precise button inputs to make it so that Nathan Drake actually grabs the ledge as soon as you mash the A button. Uh, X, cross button, sorry. Mm. But um, yeah, just the the idea that... um, some of these games really streamline things. Like I know when uh, Assassin's Creed has been evolving its mechanics of like how you scale up walls and stuff, they used to say like, oh, you know, this used to be so complicated, but now we've got it so you just hold up and your character is automatically going to just like grab every ledge that's remotely close to them and pull themselves up. And it it looks amazing. Um, I think, you know, when you're playing Assassin's Creed, do you want every single... Uh, ledge grab to be a separate button press or do you want your character to quickly scale something so you can drop down on the next target right right because that's the meat and potatoes of that game is the actual like the, the um hunting your targets and then getting the drop on them and that sort of thing scaling into place is definitely an important component of it like staying out of sight while your character is uh climbing up a wall or um scaling uh something to get to uh, a place they need to drop down on a target from just any any of that stuff um it's a part of the game but it's not the core focus of the game it's not where the uh where they're sort of trying they're not trying to make that part of the game fun they're trying to make that part of the game quick right whereas a mario game it is about movement it is about making the jumps and scaling the environment and getting to higher platforms and then jumping across to far distances and that sort of thing. So that's why there's a whole lot of investment in making Mario's moveset feel really fun and fluid because that's the core engagement of that game. That's what they want to present to their audience. It's like, here, this is a fun way to get around this environment. Hmm, that's, a, that's a really good point because it's, it is about what it, you know, what's the point of the game if you're trying to just get into position to kill somebody or if or if an assassin's creed if it's if the point is trying to um avoid being seen um you don't want the just the getting to where you getting your character to where you want them to be to be the challenge you just you want it to be more about the timing of it um i know that quick time events and quick time button presses tend to get a bad rap for some reason but i find them a really great tool for especially cinematic games uh you know i was watching um, you know, in Uncharted, um, in the new Spider-Man game is going to be coming out. In Shenmue 1 and 2, they would have these great chase sequences that were all quick-time button presses. And I loved that because it kept for everything moving very fluidly. What's that? For listeners, I had a very sour expression on my face when you first started talking about QTEs. Oh, man, I love them. Cause I, especially if they can branch off in different directions. If it is a completely... Uh, if all you're doing is just pressing the buttons and it's actually, like, say, pre-rendered then you have to have the different branching paths. But I think, um, you know, there's a great fight scene in the beginning of Telltale's A Wolf Among Us, episode one, and it is done with these quick time events, but it has branching paths, whether you're sort of starting to win the fight, whether you're turning the tide and that kind of thing. But you're not a big mm. fan of QTs? I think that they're they're, no. they're, they're they're the basis of gaming. It's all about timing your button presses and making something cool happen on screen. The, 
the reason I don't like QTEs is because they are removing control from the player in a way that, like, I think a way that a QTE could be done well, and to sort of keep this on the track of traversal, let's say that your character uh, is presented with two different platforms that they've got to jump between. Um, you know, do you, do you really just want to press... A, the the right button to make them jump to one platform or the other. Why don't you have the character like? Why aren't you moving the character with the analog stick and jumping to that platform yourself? Um, if there's a, a character like throws a weapon at you, uh, you have to like press a button to avoid it right before it strikes you. Um, I think that the better way to do quick time events is uh, to leave the player with the same controls as they always have and Mm -hmm. make it so that they have to react by pressing the same buttons um this is something i never ultimately got to implement in zarnok fortress but i had the idea of a boss character like picking your character up and throwing you into the air but you still had the ability to like fire your laser or whatever so you had to watch your character spin through the air and then you hit the laser button to shoot like while your character's in midair upside down you you fire at them and hit them in the face and it just that lends a sort of active observation component to the game it's not like there's a big button press on the screen that says hit triangle now to not die right it's this idea of your character has been thrown up in the air and you can counter attack by hitting the button that you recognize and know is your attack at just the right time um or your you don't have to hit the block button at just the right time. Like, leave the player with the same button controls as they've always had and let them read the animation and determine when do I need to do one of these actions in this time. Like, even if you take movement away, when do I need to jump? When do I need to counterattack? When do I need to guard? Leave the player with those controls and let them choose which one is most appropriate to resolve the animation. Hmm. And there are a lot of games that, that do that really well. I, I recently played uh, Titanfall 2, and Titanfall 2 has a wall run and it has a double jump. And every time you're on another wall, you sort of re- refresh that ability to double jump. So you'll have platforms that are spaced very far apart from each other, but are you know in a way that you can run across one and then use that to sort of uh, keep yourself going. And it's and I love the the movement in it and it's. It's not often that I'm playing a 3D game and I love the platforming. Generally, that is, or especially a first-person game, that's always oh, yeah, been, no, it's... A, you know, a very difficult thing to pull off because you're constantly worried about looking down at your platform. Who wants to look at their feet when they run? Because games just don't have that same um, width of scope, that field of view that IRL does. Um, but you know, Titanfall Two, especially because uh, I haven't played Titanfall One. Is um, it's very forgiving with the mechanics. There, there are often a lot of times where I would pull off a really cool move, but I would know in my head I probably didn't deserve that. But I really appreciate that the game knew what I was going for, and they sort of fudged it along. It's like it's like playing a game with a little child, and you're like, "Oh, you did it! Yeah, you got a home run! Oh my god!" Somehow all these adults couldn't get you out. You did it. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's it, again, it's the core engagement. Like you don't want to have those like super precise inputs required when platforming is not really meant to be done from a first person perspective Mm -hmm. so giving the player that little bit of wiggle room um like straight up when i was programming zarnok fortress uh the player can hit the button i think up to almost 10 or 15 frames after they're no longer touching the ground 
So that they, if you, sorry, you can jump. Um, so that if your character goes off a ledge mm-hmm. and there's no longer ground beneath you, you can still hit jump for up to like, let's say around 10 frames after your character's gone off the edge and it still right. counts as your character jumping off. Right, and if somebody was playing, they might not feel like they did that wrong. They just, you're just kind of building that little bit of buffer where it's like, okay, I, exactly. knew, I knew what you were trying to do. You were still yeah. making the right decision and, and it's close enough. Uh, I mean, a really early game, to use those real-time mechanics in fun way, fun ways were was the original Metroid, where if you're using the rolly ball and these timed bombs that you would have, you could almost like fly through the air using the if you were perfect in the timing of those bombs, and that's a really fun way of treating the physics of your game in a sandbox style, letting people access areas they might not have been able to do that might not even have been what it was originally intended for, but. The physics were, I don't know if it's very forgiving because it takes a lot of skill to do that, but they, it didn't sort of block you from doing it. They because didn't preclude that, it. Yes, it didn't preclude it. Um, you know, some other modern games that have just, oh, you know something we should talk about? Yeah. And maybe you have more experience with this than I do, but bunny hopping and rocket jumping. Hmm. Um, not, <laughs> I know that there's definitely some stuff in uh, Halo that I've tried to do grenade jumps for. Uh, I think there's one sort of secret that's well-known in Halo 3 near one of the last levels. You have to do a successful grenade jump to get across to it. So I'm, I know I've attempted that in the past, but that's mm-hmm. about the extent of it. Okay, yeah, I don't know a lot about bunny hopping, um, but it's, you know, I've watched people do it, and it's and these are these are techniques that came out in, in earlier first-person shooters on the PC in, in the mid-'90s where the bunny hop would let you continue that momentum and go faster than normally just walking and running and in a sense can look a little bit ridiculous because if you're if i think it breaks the the suspension of disbelief when you're playing this intense shooter and you see like some guy just jumping across like a bunny but it makes them harder to hit and it makes them faster and it becomes this thing that takes a lot of skill to do but once you've got it it becomes so rewarding that people are you know are doing it endlessly or using a rocket to originally the rocket physics were supposed to make it look interesting when you shot an enemy and it blew them away but if the rocket isn't going to hurt you it allows you to propel yourself up i think i've got that right i'm a bit of a noob when it comes to that stuff but um yeah just the the idea that you even if you have a weapon that does damage you like grenade jumping in halo it does hurt the player okay but you have to you have to use one of two different kind of grenades one of which is going to be non-lethal when you jump so that um you you time your jump so that you're outside the lethal range of the grenade but still within its physics range Mm. and yeah you're using the physics impulse to complement your natural jump height and that's what lets you clear distances or get up onto platforms you're not supposed to be able to reach yeah and that was a big part of the the halo 2 online community where people just getting together and not going into these death matches not even killing each other just showing each other how to how to get to these cool spots tony hawk especially i think maybe two and three introduced manualing and i mean the entire point of those games is to just keep the momentum going and and never stop keep that trick combo going and manualing in between them and looking everywhere for a place to grind and being very very creative because there are so many different ways you can do it sunset overdrive use a lot of those same techniques where you weren't on a skateboard but it acted like you were you'd be grinding across power lines wall jumping wall running all while evading enemy fire and shooting yourself and that was really the key to being the most successful in that game and it's it's one of those things that sort of um evokes that multitasking part in in a gamer's brain that is extremely satisfying because your player's moving faster than they would if they're just running and they are you're going to be more successful with that 
while sort of balancing while, while spinning those plates yeah, I mean, because it's, it's one of those things that, specifically with Sunset Overdrive, it evokes this feeling of, like, the floor is lava, see how far you can get without yeah. even touching on the ground. Um, and they, I remember they said, like, this is really far removed from the number of inputs to the number of actions that your character is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you have a very limited number of button inputs that are required to make your character like grind along these rails or jump up onto like bouncing off the roofs of cars, uh, like literally bouncing off of them. That's something we even see in Mario Odyssey. Right. Um, Mario in New Donk City using the taxis to like bounce up to new places, new heights. Um, One of the other things they feature in Mario Odyssey are these power lines and you can hop into the power lines to sort of zip between parts of the map now what what's different about these like at um in sunset overdrive you can hop off a power line at any time right mm-hmm. i haven't played it myself but i assume you can um i think so in in mario odyssey you're sort of locked into following the power line and that means that they can use these power lines to quickly get the player to different centers of challenge different puzzles that are in the environment without having them skip the challenging parts themselves like they bring you like to the root of the puzzle without um you're not bypassing anything you're just bypassing the walk to get there so having something that you can really quickly and easily jump around your world like that is really useful um and that's something that every game has to some form or fashion like warping around the world uh but this is like within a single level that they're letting you do that and i thought that was very interesting mm-hmm. uh you know an interesting game with movement i played recently was gravity rush and gravity rush 2 where they they play with the idea of flight but they approach it differently where instead of while it feels like you're flying and you're accomplishing the same thing that flying might do you're actually falling and you're just choosing in which direction gravity is going to go and they make that more difficult by having a a timer a bar of how long you can affect this gravity so you still have to time uh so you don't end up just falling you know to your death or falling into some sort of pit or off the the city the city sort of uh border area but it's you know such a beautiful feeling and you combine this falling with uh attacks so you're smashing enemies as you go through you're evading things as you fly around and it's and it's like just such a unique take on the idea of flying and and i love seeing that where they're taking something that we're already used to doing but sort of turning it on its head and then gamifying it in that way yeah i think there's something that's really a lot of people love about combining their momentum into an attack yeah like when you ground pound in mario you get the the feeling that all your downward momentum is converted into this big burst of energy they did that in breath of the wild uh you see that in dark souls you like drop off a ledge and smash an enemy on the head Mm -hmm. uh you get that in assassin's creed your character like with the hidden blades like slits people and their way down there's just this endless example of ways like your character boosts forward and they use a punch and it knocks an enemy back because their momentum is like preserved in the impact like it's something that's incredibly satisfying to see sort of like physics play out yeah that's a great point and it's something that i love in games that do have it is that you should reward that momentum and because then you just turn even just the the active movement and and like you say that can't touch lava that that was such a compelling game when you're a kid and and to gamify that is is so smart i think of mirror's edge which was a, a first person parkour game uh that 
that was one of the things I felt that game struggled a little bit with was that I, f I wish that it, it encouraged the momentum a little bit more. I didn't like the idea of having to slow down to go through things. And it did in a way, because if you did miss a certain jump when you were running from rooftop or going underneath things, you, you would stop dead in your tracks, and that was no fun. But I wish it sort of increased that momentum. I mean, there's a, there's a Motor Storm is a racing game where you have a, a boost, and that boost it makes you go a lot faster, but if you overuse it, you blow the car up. So you're constantly sort of feathering and, 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 wa and skating that line, that real thin line. And I think that that's, that's a big point. If you want to keep momentum going, you want to, you want to have players' actions rewarded with more speed or, or just a constant additional speed, uh, like we saw in Mario 3D World, which is a great example of it, uh, and, and not punishing the players until they sort of made a mistake. And uh, and like you said, with that reward, I mean, I, I had played um, that recent, very similar to Dark Souls game, but you're cyborgs. Um, Surge? Yeah, Surge? that's it. That's the one. And I thought the same thing you said about the Dark Souls. I jumped down and I landed on somebody. I didn't even get the bonus from it. I mean, it's just such a simple thing to put in. And it's so, so uh, rewarding and so satisfying that you want to incorporate as much of the player's actions into what is going forward as possible. Yeah, it's really just a it's a matter of making getting around in your game as much fun as the uh, or, or thinking about how it can complement the core experience of the game. Like in, in a game where like Mario where movement is what the game is all about of like a, a getting between platforms and in different places in the environment. It has to be at the forefront of the experience, um, where it's not the core focus of the experience. Like in an Assassin's Creed game, you have to think about how you can expedite the parts of your game that you don't want people to be focusing on to complement the parts that you do. Mm -hmm. um, but at, at no point should it ever feel like you're not participating in the experience. You don't want to take the control completely away from the player. Unless uh, it's a really is... cool pre-rendered scene of quick time events. Uh... But yes. Okay. Well, you know, everyone has their preferences, right? Mm -hmm, Can't yeah. deny that. <laughs> anyway. I, I think that's about it. What, do you, what would you say? Yeah. Maybe a quick shout out to N plus plus and super meat boy for that beautiful feeling of sticking onto the side of the wall and sliding down. That feels great. And then letting you wall jump off of that, I think is a, is a beautiful feeling. Okay. So you can find me at a nineties kid.com on Twitter, game thing talk. There are video versions of these episodes on YouTube, on the nineties kid YouTube channel. There are audio versions on anywhere you get podcasts and especially at Attila's site, bluishgreenproductions.com. Attila? Yeah, and that's also where you can uh, visit to submit user feedback and questions that we'll answer on the show. And if you want, me, want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at BluishGreenPro or my personal Twitter profile, which is at Attila Gabriel. Thanks for watching, everybody, or listening. Share it with somebody that might like it. We appreciate it. Bye for now. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.